I'm going to be reading this morning from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 3. It's the story of Jesus' baptism. I'm going to begin in verse 15, and I invite you to read along with me. It says, As the people were filled with expectation, or were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And his winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor, to gather wheat into the granary, but the shabby will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. But Herod, the ruler, who had been rebuked by John because of Herodias, his brother's wife, because of all the evil things that Herod had done, added to them all by shutting up John in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Luke tells this baptism account rather plainly, doesn't he? It's so simple. He even squeezes in some foretelling about John the Baptist, which I'm sure the Luke community also already knew about, that John would indeed be killed by Herod in just a few short verses. Luke tells us how it came to be that Jesus was baptized. In verse 21, now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You're my son, the beloved, and you I'm well pleased. Now if I were telling the story, I would have added some drama. A little flair, a little excitement. I'd tell you, oh, the water was high or low that day in the River Jordan. People oohed and awed or cheered as people got baptized. Did they even know who Jesus was? This is the very beginning of his ministry. It seems from Luke that only John the Baptist is the one to recognize Jesus for who he is and will be. Luke just gives the basics. He doesn't give us many details about how the baptism went. The details that are shared are mentioned after it's over. When Jesus is still dripping wet, sitting on the banks of the river with all the others, and he's praying, and Luke says, uh, heavens opened up, and a voice from heaven said, You are my son, the beloved, I am well pleased. This is the beginning, the start of Jesus' public ministry to the world. Before he has performed his first known miracle, before he has a single disciple following him, before the crowds are adoring him, he hears this promise from God. You are my son, I love you. I'm proud of you. Are there any more important words to hear? You are my son. I'm well pleased. You are loved. Words of belonging. Words we all need to hear. Now, over the course of history, much has been written about Jesus' baptism. 
Baptism itself as a ritual has its roots in the Jewish purification ritual called a mikvah. You can Google a mikvah, a present day mikvah today, and you will see that it looks very similar to a present day baptistry. And there's no more sacred ritual in our Christian faith. It's a moment of new beginnings, a moment of repentance, a way of claiming our new life in Christ. But early church fathers were a bit perplexed about why Jesus would get baptized. Matthew says that John the Baptist tried to convince him that it should be the other way around, that John should be getting baptized by Jesus, not the one doing the baptizing. Because why, of course, would a savior of the world get baptized? Biblical scholars have wondered about this for throughout time. There's actually a word about Jesus's baptism that is referred to as the messianic embarrassment. Why did Jesus choose to get baptized, participate in this ritual of repentance? Luke makes it seem rather casually even that Jesus might have been the last one in line as if he stood there listening and watching one by one people get in line and step out into the waters with John. Now people were always drawn to John the Baptist. A guy that lived out in the wilderness, he ate strange food, he wasn't afraid to make powerful people angry. In fact, it would be what cost him his life. He would make Herod so mad that he would eventually have him killed, not just arrested. But people were drawn to John. His invitation to come out into the waters, to repent, to come clean about our lives, to step into the waters of faith. And one by one, they did. They got in line. Now, the first baptism I ever performed was not long after I was newly ordained in my very first job out of seminary, an internship at Central Christian Church in Lexington. And the person I baptized was a young college student from Transylvania. And being a graduate from Transy, the senior minister thought it would be good for she and I to be on this baptism journey together. And we met for coffee and talked about life and faith and her own faith journey and she was amazing for, for several reasons but one thing about her is that she did what I think not many people would do uh, especially for a young person it was so impressive to me what she did she um, faith was always important to her she always always felt she was a Christian she loved Jesus she believed in her whole heart that she was a person of faith and a follower of Jesus. And as she was growing up in her own church family, she had questions about the way things were done or why they believed certain ways. And she found that her questions really were not welcome. And she began to rebel a little bit to her church home. And uh, meanwhile, her family was putting pressure on her to get baptized. They wanted to see her make it official and get baptized and the more they pushed the more she pushed back and then at 16 she actually asked her family for permission to find her church home to go searching and study and learn and her family agreed 
And so she said she would take her car and she and a friend and every Sunday they were visiting different churches and she was meeting with ministers and asking questions and she said she went everywhere from people who were running the pews and passing out to uh, quiet liturgical types. She, she was at every kind of church, every flavor around. And then she went to college in Lexington and she continued this journey. She continued looking for her church home, for her faith. She said she um, sat quietly with the Lexington Quakers and she went to Pentecostal churches all around and she was searching for her place. And so somewhere along the way, someone told her about the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. And when I met her and she said she wanted to be baptized, this was not somebody just checking a box. This is someone who had been on a journey. And the thing that I will never forget about that day is that um, there on the front row was her family cheering her on. And I just think what an amazing gift of love that they gave her. And there on my part, this new minister who never baptized anybody, I was a bit nervous. You know, the thing about baptism, if you don't know this, it's very important that the person you baptize comes back out of the water. So that is step one. And you really don't know if you can do it until you do it. And you know, you don't want to see everybody flailing about and struggling in the waters. I wanted it to look good. And so I was a bit nervous myself when I stepped into those waters. And I remember it clear as day. I was sitting in the waters and she was just to my left in a little area that really only I could see, waiting for me to indicate for her to come down. And somebody out front was reading a statement about baptism, about what baptism is. And I saw her listening. And as he continued to read, she began to cry. And by the time he got done, she was all and all and out sobbing. And when I ushered her to come into the waters with me, her legs were shaking. And she was crying so hard that I actually leaned over and asked if she was okay, if she was ready. And she was. Because after a long, hard, sometimes painful search, she was ready to claim her faith. She got in line. The famous leader of the Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther, he says that a truly Christian life is nothing else than a daily baptism once begun and ever continued. The waters of faith, that moment for her in baptism, was a culmination. It was an end to finding her church home. But I can't help but think one of the reasons she got so emotional that day is because she also recognized that it was a beginning of something, too. To spend the rest of your life living out the promise you make at baptism. I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow him. Sounds so easy to say, but it is no small thing to live out. As a follower of Jesus Christ in a broken and hurting world, one of my favorite preachers, Barbara Brown Taylor, writes that we spend a lot of time in the church 
talking about God's love for sinners, but we sure do go to a lot of trouble not to be mistaken for one of them. But not Jesus. Jesus wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to be mistaken for one of them. And there he is, standing on the shoreline, watching people one by one step into the waters of faith. New life. He watches John welcome all those sinners into the waters one by one, but he doesn't stay on the sideline and cheer everybody on. He gets in line, and he steps into the waters with us. He gets in line behind the teen who just stole from her grandmother the day before. He gets in line with the man who's so consumed by greed and anger that it is eating up his life. He gets in line with a woman who's never felt like much to anybody or anyone. He gets in line with the person who's so terrified tomorrow that they can barely sleep. And he stands in line with the person who feels overwhelmed by the heartache and grief that they are carrying that they can hardly breathe. He gets in line with us, with you and me, showing us scared and broken and lost people the kind of Savior he truly is from the very start. He didn't cheer them on from the sidelines. He stepped into the muddy, muggy waters of life with us, showing us from the very start, Emmanuel, God with us, just how with us he truly was. As Taylor would write, it might not seem like a wise or convincing way for God in the flesh to act, but that didn't stop Jesus from coming to the river to be baptized with sinners like us. It may get him in trouble to associate with the shady or shameful, but that doesn't stop Jesus from coming to be sinners like us as we confess, as we receive his body and blood, as we try day in and day out to live out in a manner that gives glory to the Lord, who was not too embarrassed or too ashamed to become one of us. So when you feel particularly lost or overwhelmed by life, when you wonder if you're ever going to find your way again, I invite you to come back to the memories of your own baptism. Come back to the waters of faith to remember who you are and who you are called to be as a follower of Jesus Christ in the world. Whether you were brought to the waters, as in some traditions, as a young infant by people who loved you and wanted you to know Jesus. Whether you stepped into the waters with your own shaky knees. Remember the promises of the waters of our faith of who you are and who you are called to be. Let it call you back and wake you up and remind you of who you belong to, a follower of Jesus Christ. And if you've yet to ever be baptized, you've yet to step into the waters of faith, then please know, as this community of faith, we are here to support you and look forward to the day you too decide to get in line. Let's close in prayer. Gracious and holy God, we thank you for our Savior, Jesus, who does not cheer us on from the sidelines, but steps into the muddy waters with us, 
always showing us how far his love truly would go. In the waters of faith, you give us new life. So help us each and every day to live out the witness of your love to this world. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.